question, I'm going to bring you all back to the elections in Israel of 1996. Anyone just giving you the context of what was going on? Uh, Rabin was assassinated between Benjamin Netanyahu of the Likud party versus Shimon Peres of the later party who took over for the Yitzhak Rabin who was assassinated. Benjamin Netanyahu at the time had a very big supporter, an Australian uh, Jewish guy. I think he was a Chabad guy. Forgot his name. And he gave a, a lot of funding towards Benjamin Netanyahu's campaign. And the campaign that was launched here in Israel, and I remember it well because I was here in Israel during the election campaign, was Netanyahu is good for the Jews. That was the campaign slogan, right? Again, the context of the time was Terror was through the roof in Israel, all right? Horrendous terror at every corner at, happening all over the country after the Oslo Accords were signed. And it wasn't months after the Oslo Accords were signed. Days after the Oslo Accords were signed, all of a sudden Jews were being slaughtered in the streets and different terror attacks all over the country. And hence, the, the tagline of Benjamin Netanyahu's campaign was, I'm going to protect Israel. Oslo Accords were a disaster. We have to stop this. And hence the campaign was Netanyahu was good for the Jews. We all know who won that election. Netanyahu and the Likud beat Shimon Peres and the Labour Party. And then Netanyahu set up a set up a coalition government. I don't know how many people remember this, but there was an interview with Shimon Peres immediately after the elections. I don't know if it was the night of the elections after, or the, it had to be the next morning because the, the results only came the next morning. I guess it was the next day. And he was asked, well, like, what happened? And again, nobody trusts me. Google it on your own. But a famous quote, Shimon Peres at the time said, the Jews won and the Israelis lost. That is a very, very hurtful but important quote that says everything right that one little sentence of our six words the jews won the israelis lost is the prism upon which everyone has to understand the reality of the state of israel today both internally in terms of the internal issues we're going through and externally with regards to our our external enemies the uh, palestinian authority hamas and the whole world on, on top of us all right, I'll go even further than that. Shimon Peres's thinking, again, the Jews won, the Israelis lost. That that was his ideology. Right? What what does that mean? Right? And 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 if I have to break it down for some people, I'll, I'll do so. There was a thinking that Shimon Peres was one of these thinkers that the Jewish people left diaspora Judaism. They left European shtetl life behind. They wanted to come to Israel and create a new Jew, a new Jew unshackled by the thousands of years of our traditions and our Jewish national identity. They basically wanted to establish Israel to be a state for Israelis, as France is to French, Britain is to the British, Ital Italy is to Italians, right? They just wanted to be this a normal country like any other country. Just happens to be a safe haven for Jews, but 
without the Jewish baggage. Hence, there always was a, 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 this um, uh, desire for Israel to be more an Israeli state and not a Jewish state. And a number of years before the 1996 elections was basically the Oslo peace process. And again, let me bring everyone back to the Oslo peace process. And again, I was living here. I don't know anyone else who remembers the reality. The first intifada of rock throwing at Jews was basically on its at its end. There was very, very little uh, violence against Jews. It was It was just rock throwing. And again, I experienced this. At the time, we had to drive through Bethlehem in order to get to Ephrat from Jerusalem. Every once in a while, we got stoned. That was it. I was just getting stoned. Palestinian Authority, oh, sorry, there was no Palestinian Authority. Yasser Arafat and the PLO, the Palestine Liberation Organization, was a pariah on the world stage because he supported Saddam Hussein in the Iraq invasion of Kuwait. The Arab world hated him. America hated him. He wasn't invited to the United Nations anymore after that, I think, if I'm not mistaken. He was a pariah. And at that time, when it looked like we had clear sailing, there was no, no one thought about a Palestinian state. No one was even talking about a Palestinian people. They were just Arabs at the time. Sometimes they were called Palestinian Arabs, maybe. But th th it wasn't a headline issue. The world was not on top of us. Uh, like they are today. It was a, a much lower flame. And then out of nowhere, Shimon Perez and his staff illegally had talks with representatives of uh, Yasser Arafat. Again, I say illegally because on the books, on the Israeli law books at the time, it was illegal for any Israeli or the government to have talks with representatives of the Palestine Liberation Organization. Because again, it was the biggest terror organization at the time, killing Jews all over the world. So basically, Someone who was a leader of Israel's politics went against Israeli law and pushed forward for this illegal talks for peace with a with, with a pariah terrorist who even the world didn't respect anymore. And Shimon Peres and his staff basically brought him back onto the world stage. Israel ended up giving guns to a terror organization, giving them our land giving them sovereignty in our land in Judea and Samaria. And now why am I bringing this all together? Because now you understand why Shimon Peres did it. It wasn't about peace with the Arab world. It was about trying to create an Israel for Israelis versus a Israel, a Jewish state of Israel for the Jewish people where everyone else can also live with equality and, and prosperity, etc. under a, a proud, strong Jewish character state for the state of Israel. And then just giving another example, fast forward to the summer of 2005. Again, uh, Andrea mentioned that my, what started me in the whole media business was the production of my movie Home Game about the last youth basketball tournament in the community of Netzer Khazani in the summer of 2005, fighting on the basketball court at the same time as fighting to, to save their homes and not be expelled and their homes destroyed. At the time, Yair Lapid, Right. Uh, it makes me very, very sad to say that he, he's now a former prime minister of Israel. The guy has no position whatsoever of being any type of leader within the Jewish people. Definitely not a prime minister or any position of, of power within the Jewish people, the Jewish state of Israel. At the time, he penned an article. And again, don't trust me. Google it. Search it for yourself. He wrote an article where he basically 
defended what they were calling at the time the disengagement from the Gaza Strip, which I called the expulsion of the Jews from, from the Gaza Strip. And in his article, he basically said, this isn't about making peace. This is about punishing the national religious public and putting you putting you back in your place. Again, I, again, again, don't trust me. Google it, search it for yourselves so you could see it for yourselves. That is the paradigm. That is the, the perspective you should have in understanding current events in Israel. And we see it going on today because even though we were, we were told that all this craziness today is about a judicial reform, you could talk about judicial reform. You can argue about judicial reform. You can make you can make uh, compromises over judicial reform. But right now, they're they're not making campaigns about judicial reform. Now they're making campaigns about the ultra orthodox and about Ben Gvir and Smutrich because it's always been about trying to topple this government. Like Ehud Barak said it in 2020. There was no judicial reform in 2020, right? This whole uh, protest movement is something they've been working on for years to topple the government. And it all goes back to the same exact point. What state of Israel do these people want? And the ones causing the trouble and the ones causing the disunity are a tiny, tiny minority with a lot, a lot of power. A lot of political power within the, the bureaucracy of Israel, a lot of power within the academia. They basically run all the universities. Um, if you're a right winger, a proud Jew, you you have to close your mouth, whether as a student or a professor, if you want to get good grades or you want to get tenure in universities in Israel, um, uh, in the courts, in the judicial system. The ones with most of the power are this tiny, tiny minority who want Israel to be a state for Israelis, not a proud Jewish state. But a majority of Jews in Israel, even many left-wing Jews, because again, I don't like this right-left thing where we're, we're always divided. We're always divided. But on the street, we shop together, we eat together, we, we do everything together. We have disagreements. But most, even left-wing Jews, want this to be a Jewish state. But yet we're all being programmed and, and and pushed and brainwashed by this tiny elite who have tremendous power. And of course, they have the power of the media as well, the establishment media, both in Hebrew and in English, pushing their agenda, which if you post of Israel, frontline videos from the Holy Land, support our work by donating today.